0: The thrill and excitement of March mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours.
1: help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
2: infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
4: Welcome to the NBA Finals File with Robert Ori and Jabari Davis. I'm Robert Ori
5: the seven-time NBA champ, and I'm happy to be here with Jabari.
4: I, I got to be honest with you, it still blows my mind. You know, growing up an NBA fan in the greater Los Angeles era, during the Showtime era, you know, to be exact, you know, I've had a charmed existence. And now, look... I'm covering, you know, I covered the league for a decade. I had stops at USA Today, Basketball Insiders and whatnot. And now I'm talking to Robert Freak and Ori about the finals. I got to be honest with you, life is pretty good.
5: Uh, life is great for me, man, to be here with you, Jabari. I've seen you across the years and to interact with you. Now to be doing this podcast with you, it's going to be fantastic. To rehash all the great NBA finals. Uh, I think I was a part of a couple of them, but we'll see. But it's just a great feeling to be here, man. It's going to be a great podcast, and I'm so ready to get the inside scoop onto what goes on in each little series, each finals, and try to get some players on here to talk about those moments that happen.
4: Look at you being modest over there. Oh yeah, you had a couple moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two. One, for three. To Rob's point, each week we'll be deep diving into one of the greatest NBA finals series of all time and we'll examine the moments and storylines that made NBA history.
6: Up for the layup! Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James with a rejection!
4: The first series that we'll be discussing will be the 2013 NBA Finals, which featured the Big Three Miami Heat versus a Spurs team that was starting to transition basically from their Tim, Tony, and Manu era. Yeah,
5: you know what? The Big Three, the new Big Three versus the old Big Three. The Big Three of San Antonio, who had Manu Ginobili coming off the bench. This series was incredible, man. It went back and forth, and I can't wait to get into it and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly.
4: So we have the Miami Heat. Uh, the previous year, they beat the Thunder, you know, obviously, to win the title.
6: We have a celebration tonight. Congratulations to the NBA champion, Miami Heat.
4: This season, they went 66-16, and uh, and they finished first in the Southeast Division. Rob, this team took a trip to the Great Wall of China ahead of the season. And Coach Bolstra, he spoke directly to the team building that came as a result of that trip.
6: The most beneficial thing is taking a trip like this as a team. Halfway across the world, experiencing a new culture, spending so much time around each other, away from the basketball court, experiencing new things together, sightseeing together. That helps team bonding and building. I think some of these experiences we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Even
4: coming off a title the previous season, can you speak to what a team trip or event or things of that nature can do for a squad in terms of camaraderie?
5: But well, the camaraderie comes together because you get a time to talk to each other. And people don't understand that's more important than, you know, sometimes playing together because you can get on the same page when you're sitting there having a conversation where I think uh, I think it's what, a 13-hour, 16-hour flight to China. So you have a lot of time to interact with one another. And so you're sitting there and you say, yo, man, this is what I like to do because a lot of times coaches – put players in situations because they think that's best for a player. When a player like, no, nah, I really don't like that. But sometimes they don't, you know, speak up on it. And think about it. You sitting there with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Tony Parker, Marlon Genova, Tim Dunks, hey, i like to come off a screen this way. You know, when I drive right, I'm looking for you to do this when I go left. You know, so, so many different aspects of the game that people don't think about because you got to know what one side of the game, just like, you know, the other side of the game. And when you're able to talk about it and come together, you can become one and win a championship.
4: This was also a season where they had a four and seven stretch before going into what was a historic franchise run.
6: The winning streak survives the Philadelphia 76ers. 20 wins in a row
4: for Miami. I'm interested from the player's perspective, you know, from inside the locker room, because you see it on social media. You see nerds like me, you know, we're going nuts and going crazy. <laughs> you know, you know the, the sky is falling you know, anytime a super team has a, has a rough stretch. What's the tone with the team during these types of stretches? I'm wondering, do players actually feel that level of scrutiny?
5: Oh, players feel scrutiny because you have expectations. And when you have a huge expectation, because as a player, you know going into a season, you look around that locker room like, okay, we got a championship quality team. Or you can look around the locker room like, man, we can add another piece and we might have a championship quality team. Those are the type of things that you know as a player because reality sets in. And I think when you have that scrutiny, when you know you have the talent, especially when you have a big three and that's what everybody's talking about, it, it, it can weigh on you. And sometimes you have that low because, not because of you not playing good, because you put so much pressure on yourself to perform that those performances aren't up to par. And that's what it boils down to, not putting that pressure on you, doing what you do best, going out there and saying, hey, this is what we need to do to improve ourselves. And don't put pressure on, just play the game because the game at the end of the day is easy. You pass, you dribble,
4: you shoot. You just gotta do it at a high level. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. And needless mm-hmm. to say, they didn't panic. They ended up going, like I said, on a, a historic run. As the game started to mount up more
5: and more, the games started to become more of playoff games and teams wanna break your streak.
6: They have won their 22nd consecutive game. They are tied with the 07-08 Rockets for the second best winning streak in NBA history.
5: Once we got to 23, we was like, man, we're only 10 games away from the record.
6: Let's go for it. You know, you start hearing the word history. And as a competitor and as a team, to be a part of the history books and, and trying to get to 34 was something that we, we wanted to do. 25 wins over the last 48 nights.
1: 33 plus, no doubt. We're gonna break that record.
6: For the first time, I mentioned the streak in front of the guys. You now, we took that moment to acknowledge each other uh, on that, that experience, and then that was it.
4: Of course, you would like to have broke the record, but I mean, 27 games in a row, Oh, that's great 27 game win streak do you remember that streak we won't go off tangent you know too much I, and I, and I can I can already feel uh you know super producer uh, Peters you know Peter's eyes looking at me right now but do you remember that streak and what it felt like and did you think that they had a chance to get to
3: 33
4: uh you know what I was looking at
0: that
5: and everybody was saying, okay can they catch the Lakers streak and I'm sitting back saying they got LeBron James they got Bosch and Dwayne Wade. These guys are playing really good. And they got another Hall of Famer on their bench in Dwayne and in um, Ray Allen. So I was like, it's possible. But the thing about streaks though everybody want to be that streak in there and yeah. so that bullseye got bigger and bigger and bigger so at the end of the day i looked at the schedule i was like nah they're not gonna do it they're gonna to get to about 28 and then that you know they'll lose it but it's hard to keep a streak up like that because you have to keep the mental there think about it, the bulls had to do it mm-hmm. the lakers had to do it there's so many teams that had these historic streaks. And it's taxing
4: mentally because you got to be on point each and every night, and everybody's gunning for you. Man, I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. But let's keep it going. Talk. Let's go ahead and break down the Spurs, their path to the finals. They, uh, the previous year, they lost in the conference finals to OKC. This season, you know, this particular season, they went fifty-eight and twenty-four. Guess what? They finished first in the Southwest Division. They were pretty <laughs> steady. You know, they were pretty steady throughout the year. So what's new when it comes to the Spurs, man? <laughs> what can you say?
5: That's the Spurs, man. Yeah, that's the Spurs. They're consistent each and every year. And they had a lot to do with started off with David Robinson, and then they kind of rolled over to Tim Duncan. And then Tim held the, the, the ship afloat for, what, 17, 18 years? And that's the thing. And you get guys like Tony Parker. And, that's, and we watched Tony Parker. I don't people understand how good Tony Parker was. Think about this. This is a point guard. He led the league in scoring multiple times with points in the paint. As a point guard, scoring points in the paint. So that lets you know his toughness, and he's not afraid to get in the paint and mix it up with the big guys. Because think about it, You got guys like Shaq, you know, like Tim. You got Dwight Howard. You got these beasts in the paint, Ibaka, that will put you on your butt. But Tony was not afraid to go in there and score points. So that's what you have to look at. And then you have him. Ginobili probably won the best six men ever to play this game, you know, even though he was in his 11th season at the time of this championship run. And he was, you know, not Ginobili of, you know, three or four years ago, but he was still that crafty guy. And you had a young guy on the rise by the name of Kawhi Leonard in his second year. So you had a lot of, you know, things going on in that series. But each team was had a big three that you could depend on. So it, it, it was it was one of those roles that each team said, hey, you know what? It's not going to be the big three. It's going to be what we all all like to call the others. That means the bitch players and the role players.
4: It's funny. I have a note about the others coming up here. Uh, of course, you know you're giving. I'm, I'm talking to you about it. I, I was I was going to re- <laughs> you know, reference that. But the last bit that I have. Last bit that I have on San Antonio. That this team, of course, you know, as I said, you know, they're the model of consistency. It was a team that l- only lost back to back games three times throughout the season, and the only time they lost three straight was down the stretch when Pop wasn't playing guys in preparation for the you know for the postseason. <laughs> But let me ask you this. When it comes to pop in that type of consistency of, you know, of course, having generational talent, you know, that's always going to be important. But, you know, that you know, we've seen it. That doesn't necessarily guarantee you the types of success that we've seen from him. Correct. Is it a leadership thing? Is it attention to detail? Is it a combination of things?
5: I think the key point you said there is attention to detail and what and the thing that pop does. He just doesn't throw talent on a team. You think about it, you have to have the right pieces in this machine to make it work. And each cog has a, a role to do. If you look at the Spurs team, they had a great point guard. They had an extraordinary two guard and Danny Green who could shoot threes, who could be swapped out with an athletic guy with Mono Genova. Then you had Kawhi Leonard who could go two, three. And then you had, of course, Tim and, and Tiago Splinter. And you had a traditional team where each person's role was defined. There was no like, okay, let me this guy in what will he do will he be the x factor and that's how san Antonio's system has been since pop has been there. each person has a defined role and that's what makes them so good and plus you look at this team and they always glide by you never think they're gonna be that good because they're not flashy they don't have anybody who's gonna come out and you know do crazy dunks on people you know but next thing you know you look at the stat sheets and you look at the, the winnings they right there every time because they do things on a consistent basis, and they have the right pieces that fit. And Pop manages everything to a perfection.
4: Rob, you know I can't. I, you know I can't avoid the question. You played for Pop. You played for Rudy T. You played for you know Phil Jackson. And now, now of course, there's you know different ways you know to the mountaintop. But how you know, can you can you speak to the different you know their different approaches?
5: You know, this it, is amazing. Um, when you're an upper echelon coach and you're winning championships, you pretty much have the same philosophy. And Pop, Ooh. Phil, and Rudy, they all emphasize defense. They all emphasize working together as a team. You know, you're going to have the guys on the team of the big dogs, but he makes sure those big dogs understand that the little dogs are just as important. And everybody's the same because if, if everybody's on one page, we're going to win a championship. And Pop was great about putting the pieces together, um, making sure you can massage the egos the right way, because we know all us athletes, we have egos. We all think we're the best thing <laughs> to ever step on the court. But That's you got to understand, though, there is our people that they're teammates of yours that are a little bit better at you doing this and you're a little bit better at doing things that they aren't doing. So I think Pop was great at, at adding pieces at the right time, you know, understanding, OK. Tony, you need a backup. You know, Manu Jenova, you need to come off the bench. Tim, you know, we don't need to go to you as much until we have the mismatching advantages. And Pop always understood the intricacies of the
4: game and how to manipulate it and make it work in his favor. That's really amazing, it, it, and it's funny. It's not that I expected them to have completely opposing, you know, styles, but you know, I, I guess it makes sense. You know, like, you're you're mm-hmm. you're only going to be successful at this level, you know, like, if there are certain commonalities. And the, the the all hands on deck, you know, mindset I can I can certainly appreciate from Pop and, and from championship level coaches. All right, on that note, I, I don't mean to cut you, but let's go ahead and take a quick break right <laughs> there. But when we come back, let's jump into the series. Yes, the series. I'm ready for this.
0: The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467369. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other Even before you do, every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. (sighs)
7: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
4: All right, welcome back to NBA Finals File here with Robert Ori and Jabari Davis. It's always good. It's gonna fa- it's gonna feel good saying that for a while. I'm just gonna be honest with you. All right, so for the sake it, of the listening
5: may I say it? NBA Final Files with Jabari Davis and Robert Ori.
4: Oh wait, Rob, you you're giving me top billing? I don't I don't know I don't know yes. how I'm gonna feel about this. <laughs> yes, I gotta give you top billing. Mm-hmm. You really don't, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll absolutely hey, take Hey, you know,
5: you're the starter, and I come off the bench. You know, that's what I used to do, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: no I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Now, for the, for the sake of the listeners, I'll quickly run through the path that each team took to, to get to the finals. For the
6: Heat, in the conference finals, Eastern Conference Finals, they beat the Pacers 4-3. Never take this for granted, going on this ride to the next round. Right. And these next four, it's whatever it takes. Together on three. One, two, three. Together.
4: For the Spurs, they beat the Grizzlies, they swept them 4-0.
6: San Antonio sweeps the Grizz. The Spurs are headed to the NBA Finals. Over the course of the
4: conversation, we'll get into the coaching matchup, so we won't you know, do that here. But let's go ahead and break down uh, game one, if you don't mind. Sure. You know, game
5: one was one of those you know, filler games. When you have two teams like this that have the big three, as we mentioned, they usually come out and try to fill each other out. So it's usually a, a low-scoring game. And, and they came out, you know, testing each other, seeing how you're going to play defensively. And that's what good teams do. You know, we don't come out with our best plays right off the bat because we save a little bit because think about it. It's going to be a long series. It's not just one game, and then we move on to the next team. It's gonna be a seven game series. So you have to, you know, hide some things that are not working, or you try to find out what you know who's playing well. And that's what this series is gonna boil down to who's playing well and who's not.
4: Yeah, and then when you look at the action for game one, you know, it was like you know, to your point, it was an absolute defensive battle throughout, you know, especially mm-hmm. down the stretch, which we'll get to. You know, Duncan in particular, he got off to a slow offensive start, but he winds up grinding out, you know, twenty and fourteen.
6: You get it into Duncan, that's an easy layout. Duncan has scored eight of the last ten for San Antonio.
4: LeBron, you know, comes through with his second straight Finals triple-double.
6: James, back to Wade. Wade with the finish. Well, that's not a bad way to start for the Heat.
4: You know, Kawhi, you know, as you mentioned earlier, he wasn't necessarily the star of the team at this t- at this point. They were still transitioning. He puts up a meager 10-10, and 10, but he clearly impacts the game in multiple ways. And to the point that you were just you know speaking on, can you talk about the difference between facing a team over the course of a regular season as opposed to matching up in a series like this one when you know, attention to detail is seemingly higher?
5: Yeah, the good teams know who they're going to be preparing for in the finals or during the the playoffs because you hold back plays. You don't play a certain defense. You might try it like in the first quarter of a first game. It's like, okay, if we run into this team again, we're going to try this matchup. Oh, it worked. So we're going to move it. And you save it, that way the team won't prepare for it uh, when they get ready for the series. And I think that's what Pop loved to do. He He had a bunch of plays that he only ran in the playoffs. He'll try them like once or twice, you know, during the regular season. But I know this from playing for Pop, so I knew this part. But when you got guys like Kawhi that are X factors, you know, Kawhi's only in his second year and people still trying to figure him out. He was a heck of a defensive player, and he was loving the matchup with LeBron, love the matchup with Dwayne Wade because he was trying to make his name at this point in time as being a two way player, as a term they like to use. So it, it was it was, a, it was a great matchup in the first game. You know, LeBron trying to figure out how to go up against um, Crafty, Mono Ginobili, and it, it, Ray Allen coming off the bench. It was, if you think about this, this game had a lot of future Hall of Famers.
4: All right, so I'm not trying to get you in trouble with Pop, so you know, feel free to say the you know, <laughs> next question if you know if you don't necessarily want to answer this. But I always felt from the outside looking in that there was pretty much you know strategy and gamesmanship going on over the course of the regular season and all throughout with him in terms of how he pretty much you know selected. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run a, a lot of sets you know like in in big matchups and guys that we might potentially see in the postseason, especially in the finals, and even even as far as sitting certain players you know in in, in big matchups was that part of it or was it really just a matter of pop's going to do what pop does
5: hey it's not checkers it's chess when it comes to pop you know he's going to try to play the mind game like i said he's going to do different things and throw different matchups out there you know you got guys like you know tiago splinter is oh we're going to use a brute force in there and then we're going to put tim at the 4 we're going to go big and they can go small that's the great thing about pop when he had his lineups as he wanted them he can go big he can go small he can do whatever he needed to do because if you think about the history of him he had pieces he could rotate one, two, two, three, three, four, four, five. He could just move guys over to make space for other guys, and, and that's how he is. He he he'll put a play in, run it, and not. He might not that play will work, and he might not run that play again until the end of the game because he's like, oh, it, it worked to a perfection like that. Let's save, it. even though he could score on it again and again during the course of a game, mm-hmm. he will hold it nice. because just in case we need to play down the stretch where it's a guaranteed
4: bucket. We'll hold it to then. Like you said, chestnut checkers, and I can certainly appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Rob, so there's 2.15 left in the game. The Spurs are up four at this point. Everyone's locked in and almost overplaying on anyone cutting. Duncan flashes across the lane and essentially creates the space for a cross-court pass where Manu winds up finding Danny on the wing, and Danny hits a huge three to put them up seven. Is that a play that Pop sets up that way? Is it, is it, more, is it a read and react type situation? Because it absolutely worked to perfection.
5: When you look back at this play, and if I can remember correctly, I think this play is called dive roll. It's one of Pop's favorite plays he likes to run where Tim sets the pick and roll and you dive. And the purpose of Tim diving is to try to draw that defense in. And if you watch the play, you had an over-the-top pass by Manu. And Manu is an excellent passer. But when Mike Miller bites on that, Danny Green sees this and moves into the line of sight for Manu. <laughs>
6: Ginobili to Danny Green. That's a three. It's good. Danny Green from downtown. His fourth three-pointer of the game. And this equals the largest lead for San Antonio.
5: And Manu rips it across court to take that pass from Manu for a three. And that's one of Pop's favorite plays because what are you going to do? Give Tim the over the top or are you going to give up the three? And Mike Miller had to make a choice
4: there and he chose wrong. I mean, I, you know, especially with you know, with with the way basketball was played at that at that point, you know, with the focus, I can see. Especially, you got Tim Duncan rolling as hard as he was. I understand making that adjustment, but you know, it it came back to bite him in the behind.
5: Yeah, you know, you think about it. Tim was already one of the you know, up in years and everybody is does he still have it? Apparently he does because he was taking him to the hole, had 20 points. Him and TP were going to work, 20, TB had 21. And for Danny Green to sit back, I think he set a record in this series for the number of threes he made, but he was shooting extremely well in that first game and he knocked down that three to uh, put a, you know, kind of cement a
4: moment where, hey,
5: you know what? We're going to be up and we're going to win this series.
4: You're exactly right about him setting that record. I had that, you know, noted later on. You know, at at the time, you know, he said it for 25. Steph eventually, of course, came <laughs> and cracked it later on with 28. Yeah. But it, you know, which is to be expected. But you know, shout out to Danny Green for that.
5: Mm-hmm. Danny Green was one of those sharpshooters that you know you, you didn't talk about for a while until you're like, wow, did he just knock down three threes on us? We got to cover mm-hmm. him. He was that quiet assassin from three.
4: All right, Rob. So we get down to the final, you know, the final play. The shot clock is running out. We got prime LeBron in his peak, in his you know, the peak of his physical powers, matched up against you know matched up against Tony Parker in the corner. You know, Tony Parker at one point falls down to one knee. He he winds up getting back up, spinning. You know, shooting, <laughs> shoot, you know, n- n- nailing a bank shot, you know, off the glass, you know, right in his face.
6: i nearly lost it. Still dribbling. Parker with two to shoot just gets it off in time, and he banks it in! What a shot from Parker! Gets off his feet and puts San Antonio up four. Now they'll review it to make sure that Parker got it off before the shot clock expired.
5: It was a crazy play. Uh, I thought I lost the ball like three, four times and it didn't work out like I wanted to, but you know, at the end, I was just trying to get a shot up and it felt good when it left my hand and uh, I
6: was happy it went in. (laughs)
4: Let me ask you this: In that moment, if you're the Spurs, how are you feeling? You, you know, you went into Miami, you stole Game One in great fashion, in that manner.
5: First of all, let me just say you got six two versus six nine, and a six two wins that battle. That's a lot. That's a big confidence builder. And you know, I'm not it's not like Tony needed a confidence builder, but sometimes when you can go into someone's arena and steal one, you've done your job. They steal Game One, which is the most pivotal game. In the series, because you now you gotta put them against the wall. But for Tony to do his Curly Neal impression, for people who don't know who Curly Neal is, he was a Harlem Globe Trotter. He was on one knee, spins, and knocks down the shot. And the steal game one in Miami was perfect for the Spurs. It was a perfect scenario because Spurs is a type of team that doesn't lose at home. And they were on the perfect path now to win this series because they stole one in Miami's building.
4: Rob, what about the flip side of that? You're Miami. You know that, you know, historically, you know, LeBron has been able to lose the first game of a series and still come back and win. Now you're at home. You know, You know. eventually you're going to have to go on a road to San Antonio, but you're at home, and you know that you can't go down
0: 0-2. Well,
6: uh, that's pretty clear. Uh, there are plays to be made, um, and our offensive inefficiency really going down the stretch. Uh, most of the fourth quarter, uh, probably hurt us more than anything. So we gotta gather ourselves and get ready for game two.
5: Yeah, you definitely can't go down 0-2 because Spurs don't lose at home. And for Miami, they, they have to have the mindset, hey, you know what, it's cool. They came in, they won game one. You know what, let's protect our home court. Let's go out and win game two. In order to win this series anyway, we have to go on a road to win. So we are gonna win at home, then go in San Antonio and get one, we back where we want to be. And I think that's the mindset. And when you look at this team that the Heat had, they're a bunch of champions. They're a bunch of guys who's been there. They just won a championship. So they're like, you know what? This, is, this isn't a place we haven't been, so let's go out and play hard because when our backs are against the wall, that's when we're most comfortable. And if you look at the way they're going to come out in game two,
4: that's how it played out to be. An interesting note you know, that I noticed here from the ESPN recap on this game, it stated that many of the Miami fans left the building of you know, during the official's review on Parker's last shot, and it actually winds up being a bit of foreshadowing for the rest of this series.
5: Yeah, you know, fans have a tendency when they think their team has lost to leave the building. I've been a part of a couple of games... In my career where fans left, from next thing you know, they said, man, I can't believe y'all lost that game. I was like, no, we won that game. But you were down. Like, no, we won that game. So never leave the building until the buzzer goes off. You know, they have that saying, you know, don't leave until, you know, the lady sings. But, you know, Tony Parker is a beast when it comes to playing one-on-one basketball. He's so quick. At one point in time, I think he was – he was the quickest player in basketball from one end of the floor to the other. And then, of course, when you got a main anchor in a stable like Tim Duncan – to anchor your team defensively. You can you can try a little things because you think about it. that team, we always talk about offense. But if you look at that team though, everybody on that starting lineup can play defense on both teams. You have San Antonio that had a great defensive team. Miami Heat had a great defense. You know, you don't talk about the defense because you got guys like Janobi LeBron who can excite you with their offensive plays, but these two teams were very defensive minded and could stop you at any point.
4: Yeah, to that point, if I'm not mistaken, the Spurs were third overall in defensive efficiency on the year. Uh, the Heat, you know, to that point again, you know, they were seventh in defensive efficiency. So I guess coming in, we absolutely should have known it was going to be this type <laughs> of battle. And and game one absolutely did not disappoint.
5: Yeah, because sometimes you're going to have these games where guys that play defense. You might have another game later. Like I thought this was a defensive team. Um, they came out scoring. I thought the team could stop them, but they let them score. Hey, that's the great thing about NBA basketball. Each and every night is something different. And you watch these teams and, and you watch them play, you watch them play hard, and they figuring each other out. Because every, like I said, every game, there's gonna be some moments where you go, ah, I can do use this against them in the next game. And that's what great teams do, and great coaches can figure it out. Because I don't know if you ever watch coaches on the sideline and they'll reach back behind the bench and tell their assistant coaches something. Mm -hmm. that's them saying mark that play down Uh, for us to use it later
4: (laughs) nice nice okay i -hmm. i I have seen that take place and i always kind of Mm -hmm. wondered you know what the exchange was but okay (laughs) that's good to know that is good yeah, to know.
5: It's either that or mark that play down to show, hey, we need to stop this defensive because they just killed us on this play. Or oh, you can say, we're going to mark this down because he messed up on this play and we need to show him that he keep doing this and we need to find a way to solve that problem.
4: All a part of the strategy, okay. Nothing's
6: mm-hmm. difficult. Everything's a Through our varsity. to the the last minute. to the last second. Through the last minute. We fight. 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 Let's go
4: game two, to the point that you were just making LeBron and, you know, and Bosch and Haslam to a lesser extent, you know, they did a really good job of, you know, sort of building a wall defensively, you know, making Tim's life at least difficult. Uh, the guards basically did the same on Tony, uh, Duncan, and Parker. They wound up combining eight for twenty-seven from the floor. While Danny Green was actually the one that led the Spurs in scoring.
6: Right mm-hmm. wing three, Danny Green is at three threes.
4: And we're gonna—I you know, feel like we're gonna talk about Danny Green a lot this you know, throughout this series. <laughs> yes. But he went five for—he went five for five from deep in, in this game. Yeah, you know, Danny
5: Green came out shooting the ball extremely well, and that's what makes the game really easy for guys like Tim Duncan and Tony Parker because it stretches the floor. But in this case, you know, Tim and Tony. Like you said, they didn't have the stellar game as they had in Game One. Game One combined for forty-one points. Game Two, they only had what twenty-one points together. So it's hard to to try to keep that level in the playoffs because you got the other teams saying, "Okay, what hurt us last game? Tony Parker, Tim Duncan." So they kind of shut that down. And this series really just boils down to, to what Big Three plays the best consistently throughout games because if you can get around that, if the Big three can get around the 20-point mark, they usually win the game. I mean I said get around the 20 point mark. I mean each player gets around a 20 point mark, not as a whole. So I messed that up. Sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no, no worries. I I knew what you meant, but for, you know for the benefit of the listeners, I appreciate yeah. that clarification. And and in this game, you know, looking at some of the notes again, you know, Kawhi's matched up directly with LeBron. I actually watched all of this game throughout, not just you know not just the clips and highlights. <laughs> you know, he's he's matched up directly with LeBron a lot, you know, and it's crazy to think that like he did a, I, I personally think he did a fantastic job even though LeBron still managed is to impact the game in every facet.
6: Fans raise their noise. Chalmers scream by James LeBron to the basket. Layup good! James on the drive! You
4: know, he, had, he had 17 points, you know, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. <laughs> I just wanted to try to make some plays to try to help our team.
5: Uh, I was the, the last line of defense, and, and you know, just being on both sides of the floor,
6: being able to make an impact is what it's all about. Off to San Antonio for game 3. 1-1. One, one.
4: Can you talk to, like, basically, what is it like when you're facing greatness like that?
5: First thing you're going to, there's one word you're going to learn. Help! (laughs) You got to ask for help. You can't be afraid to ask for help, too, because there are great defensive players. But when I'm trying to go out and play a great offensive player, I'm going to need help because I got to force them to a point where I'm going to have to need help. And then think about the San Antonio Spurs. They have always been a great, a great help defensive team because you have someone like Tim Duncan, who could come over, wall it off, a block a shot. You got guys like Manu Ginobili, and 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 we we know we talk about Kawhi, but Danny Green was an exceptional player too on the defensive end. So they had a lot of guys that could switch, that could help, that could rotate. And so this Spurs team, that's what they lived on. They they lived on rotating. But in, when, when you get into a rotation situation like that. It's going to be up to the others, as we mentioned earlier, to knock down shots. And I think Ray Allen had 13.
6: James will drive it inside off to the left wing. It's Allen for three. Wide open three. counted. Allen, from downtown.
5: You know, when you got him can come off the bench and give you points, and you got Mike Miller, who was key to knock down threes, stretching the floor, he had nine points.
6: Stolen by James.
0: Miller ahead.
6: Here it goes.
5: So when you got those others, those guys coming off the bench to stretch the floor, it makes it hard defensively for the other team.
4: Rob, it's almost like we've been doing this together for years and this isn't our very first episode because this is <laughs> that's exactly where I was going with it. I want to talk a little bit about the others. So this is the thing. When it when it comes to the all-time greats or or even, you know, the, the greats, right? I, I almost feel like you can you can chalk them up for whatever about whatever their averages are make you know maybe a little bit more but I I personally feel especially in the finals oftentimes it's the others working around the fringes that make the difference so to your point you, you, know, you know Danny Green he plays a pivotal role for the you know, for the Spurs in this series throughout this series Ray Allen you know, like you know, exactly he went three for five for deep in this game and that was on the heels of three for four for deep you know in game one but Mario Chalmers he actually led the Heat in scoring you know for this yeah. game and he was pivotal with huge buckets in the second half chalmers
6: into the lane push shot got it unfouled and real to the line for another round one green gets a screen from splitter now finds Thiago inside and he had it knocked away by miller
4: chalmers across the line to james can you speak to that in particular you know the way that the other players actually impact a big series like this
5: i think when you each player, when I look at Mario Chalmers, I think he took pride in the way he played because he's going up against one of the best point guards to play this game in Tony Parker. And every guy wants to be noticed. And what better way to notice be noticed than then on the biggest stage, the NBA Finals? And if you watch how Chalmers played Tony, he played him tough defensively. But hey, like I said earlier, offense sometimes beats better defense. And then on the flip side of that, Chalmers was like, he didn't back down. He went at 22. You know, in that game, he had 19 points. He was being aggressive. He was knocking down shots. And that's what it has to be. You can't, you can have no fear. You know, a lot of people say it's have no fear. when In the NBA finals, and you know you got a matchup that you can exploit. You can't sit back and say, okay, I'm going to let the moment come to me. Sometimes you got to go out and take that moment. And Mario Chalmers was a guy in this series, every
4: time he had a moment, he took it. I definitely appreciate someone stepping up big in the moment. All right, time for another break as things are heating up in this series. And when we come back, we'll dive into games three and four.
0: The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut... Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness
2: the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
7: He scored. Go to blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at blinds.com. Blinds.com, rules and restrictions may apply.
6: How important is this game? 35 times in NBA history, the finals have been tied at a game apiece. In 30 of those instances, the winner of game three, went on to become the champion. All right, let's
4: go ahead and get into Game Three, which was, you know, a Finals blowout. You don't see that all that often. You, know, you used to see it back in the day. You know, you, you in, in thinking about like you know the Lakers back in the day with the Boston Massacre and whatnot. Yeah. but You don't see too many you know actual like legitimate bona fide blowouts. This was a 113-77 Spurs win. You know, in their first game back in San Antonio. And you know what? I I've spoke about him earlier. We're going to talk about him here now. Danny Green actually leads the team in scoring once again. He made he had twenty seven points. He made a record seven threes. He was seven for nine and meanwhile the team was 16 for 32 you know what you're going to get once again like out out of Duncan you at least you expect you know to know know what you're going to get you know what you're pretty much going to get out of you know like out of Tim and you know and and Manu like if he gets it going but what does it mean when a guy like Danny Green is is hidden like this Danny Green was phenomenal
5: um when you got a guy that can shoot threes at a clip like he can, it helps the team out greatly. And when you got a guy like Tony, who only had, I think, six points in this game, and Tim only had 12, when you got Danny Green, who I know from playing for Pop, probably didn't get that many plays ran for him, but he's able to knock down shots like this and do his thing is incredible. So when you got guys that can come out and play hard and make it easier for the big three, like Danny Green, and let's not forget about Gary Neal, because he had 24 points in that game also. Mm
6: -hmm. Neal tries it again, puts it in. Gary Neal putting on a show.
5: So when you got guys like that that are able to score at a clip,
4: it makes it easier for the bigs. The first half of this game was relatively close. It was 54 it was 50 to 44 at the half, but the Spurs just poured it on in the second half. They, out, they actually outscored Miami 63 to 33 in the second. LeBron and D Wade, you know, they combined to go 18 for 46 from the floor. You know, outside of Mike Miller who went 5 for 5 from deep. Nobody else even reached double digits.
5: Yeah, it was it was difficult game for uh, the Heat. Think about it. Mario Chalmers who've we been talking about in previous games played well. 0 points. Udonis has them zero points, and so we always talk about the others. When those others don't put any points on the boards, it's kind of difficult for you to
4: win. And with LeBron only scoring fifteen, it's really going to be difficult. The Spurs wind up, you know, dominating the rebound battle, fifty-two to thirty-six, and they, you know, and they you know, they tie it on twenty-nine assists to go with it. Let me talk. Let's talk about Pop. You told you played for him. We're, you know, we have to take advantage of this. You know, I mentioned <laughs> that I mentioned that 63, you know, sixty-three to thirty-three run a moment ago. Do you feel like it's, it was just a matter of adjustments for pop or is there you know, anything to the idea that sometimes a, t- a team will just get hot and you know, the other team either doesn't match the intensity or simply can't get it going?
5: I, I think when I, watching this game, San Antonio plays so well at home. Their fans are fantastic. And when you get home for that first game of the finals, the energy is so electric that it pushes you through a lot of moments. It gives you that, that 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 ultimate high and that ultimate adrenaline that you can, like, do things that you don't normally do. And you look at this game, Danny Green, 27, Gary Neal, 24, Kawhi, 14. These guys, we ain't going to talk about the big three for Spurs. These guys stepped up big because they are in the first finals in front of their home crowd. So that had a lot to do with it. And it, it, it's not just, you know, you know, the fact that the Heat didn't play that well and then guard that well—it's a little bit of everything. But the most part was it comes down to home cooking in this game for me, in my eyes. You know, Pop made the adjustments, but the fans with the energy and
4: the emotions that the players had took them over the top. Speaking of home cooking, you personally can relate to Danny Green. At least I feel you can. You know, if Danny goes <laughs> off, Danny goes off in this game yet. You know, you know, as we mentioned it a couple times, he went seven for nine for deep.
6: Wade way off. Missed by about a foot. Neil slips, gets it to Green. It's a three. Danny Green again from downtown.
4: Is it a matter of Pop looking to get him more involved, get him activated? Is it simply a, or, or is it more of you 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 take what the defense gives, and he just got you know he just got it going.
5: I think it is, it boils down to what the defense gives you because Tony and Tim and Manu have been killing in the paint. So what do coaches do? We're going to stop the points in the paint. So now you pack it in defensively. Now, the Spurs are a team that shares the basketball extremely well. So now we're at a point now, wait, what are we going to do? Oh, let's give it to Danny Green. Let's give it to Gary Neal. And let's give it to whoever's open on the three. And we start knocking out shots. Like
6: Paul George. Oh, Danny Green again from way downtown.
5: Now, that adjustment that you thought was going to help you out isn't
4: working because you got a guy like Danny Green that's knocking it down from three, fair enough. And what about on the flip side of the ball? Because I want to talk about Pop's defensive schemes in particular. What is it about them? <laughs> like, and, and the reason why I say it—and I mean no offense—but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've always <laughs> looked. I've, I've looked at, at at Spurs rosters and said, "How the hell do they defend like that? How are they doing? <laughs> how are they doing it? Is it an attention to detail deal? Is it you know commanding you know accountability from everybody? You know, what is it about Pop's defensive schemes?"
5: It goes down to Pop. When he drafts, he drafts guys who can play both ends of the floor. You think about it. Tony wasn't a great defender, but he had the quickness to play defense. And he, someone comes, hey, you got to play defense in order to play, you pay attention to details. And that's what these guys do on the defensive end. You know, and shoot around, it's all about defense. It's never about what we're going to do offensive. We're going to run this set. We're going to run that set. If it works so big, if it doesn't, we move on to another set. And let me just say this about the Spurs. The Spurs the team is a very intelligent team. They pay attention to detail, like I said. And with the Spurs, they always say we're going to put a foot in the paint, hustle out, to the guy, run him off the three because we have one of the best shot blockers ever played this game and Tim Duncan. So if we run him off the three, we're going to funnel him into, into Tim. So that's how that defense works there. They they want to play defense. They're not saving it for the offensive end. They're saving the offensive end for the defensive end. So that's how that team works. They play very, very well for 48 minutes, and we only play well for pockets of, of the game. And, um, you know, you can't beat a team this good playing that way. They got everything they wanted, and uh, that's going to result in a loss. So we got to regroup and
0: get ready for game four.
4: Let's go ahead and transition to game four. The game, you know, it's a game of runs, you know, and shout out to, you know, shout out to the, you know, the living legend Stu Lance, who always says, you know, it's a game of runs. So the Spurs started off, you know, they went up 10, you know, then they were down 10. Then, you know, Boris Diaw, you know, again, one of the others that we speak, that we've spoken of so many times, you know, he helped spark an 11-2 run to end the first half. Can you speak to, you know, what that, you know, what that does for a team when a guy like Boris Diaw is the one that's doing it?
5: It's Is is Weird that we haven't mentioned Boris Diaw for the first three games. And now, all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere and, and, and comes out and plays extremely well.
6: Finds some room. Shot blocked by Leonard. Spurs can hold it for the final shot. Diaw's going to go in for the layup, and the game is tied.
5: And, and that's the preparation guys do. And that's the, what Pop has, that trust. And guys, there'll be guys that be starting. All of a sudden, you might not get any run, as we will see with Tiago Splinter later on in the series, that you know, okay, he's a consistent basis. He's doing this for me. He's doing it all of a sudden. Now this other guy is playing better. And Pop's not afraid to say, you know what? You're not playing well. This guy's playing well. I'm going to pull the plug on you and put somebody else in. And that's how bars Diaz is.
6: The fight after James misses. Duncan, nice feed to Diaz.
5: You think about it. He had great years in Phoenix, you know, doing wonderful things for them in the playoffs. And now he's with the, with the Spurs. And he came up big because big-time players... Show up in big time moments, and what's better to bring the big time out of than go up against a big time player and LeBron, who he had to guard in this series at certain points.
4: Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, you, you go back, you think back. There were, you know there were periods that you know I think it was it from from this series where Boris was referred to as the LeBron stopper.
6: out now on James.
4: Just for for perspective, can you describe Boris Diaw in his game? Just just for folks that didn't necessarily watch him.
5: Well, Boris Diaw is a a mixture of a couple players. He's like a a point guard in a power forward's body. Um, He has good ball handling skills, but not great ball handling skills where you can steal it from him. But he's a very, very smart player. He knows how to use his body. Uh, Imagine a Charles Barkley. You know, mm. on a smaller level, you know that's how Diaz is. I mean, he plays smart like Charles. He knows how to use his body. But Barzal, you know, it's weird that we sit here calling him a, Le- a Lebron stopper when Lebron had thirty three points in Game Four.
4: <laughs> it's 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 crazy. It's, it's mm. like it, I'll be honest with you. Insert whatever player's name and stopper. It probably never <laughs> really was the case. You know, if we're yeah. being, if we're being honest. Let me
5: just say this. Someone ever said, hey, Robert is a blank, blank stopper. I'm like, dude, don't do that. Because once you say that, <laughs> the guy's eyes light up and say, I'm coming at you. So, you know, if anybody ever says, hey, I'm a stopper, don't do that. I'm like, negate that right now. <laughs> don't set
4: you up for failure. I understand. Mm-hmm. I, can pre- I appreciate it. All right, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and transition to Miami side of things because this was absolutely a must-win game for Miami. If you go to look, if you go down three-one, if you go down three-one against the Spurs, you know, like you know, in, you know, in San Antonio, you can pretty much say good night. But you know, for me, it it appeared to be that you know Miami's defensive intensity. It seemed like that was the difference in the second half. Green cross court to Ginobili, intercepted oh. by Wade. Uh, you know, the big three. They kind of reminded themselves that they're the big three. You know, LeBron was aggressive from the outset. You know, he, you know this was actually the first game where he broke twenty-plus points. You know, in the series, you know, Wade was also fantastic throughout. He had 32, 60, yeah, six steals, six boards, four assists, and particularly helped, you know, kind of seal the deal in the fourth. But I want to talk about Chris Bosch in particular because Bosch, he defended incredibly well and he produced 20 and 13 and two just and, and two blocks just kind of quietly. Parker spread
6: floor, he'll whirl oh. in with the right hand rejected by Bosch.
4: Can you speak to the, I guess, the sacrifice that it would that it took from a player? With the skill and and the ability of, of Chris Bosch to play that role and play it so
6: well.
5: Yeah, you know, Chris Bosch, you know, he was 13, 12, and 12 in the, in the previous three games. And, and you look at this game, but I'm not even going to credit Chris Bosch. I'm going to credit, you know, Spolster for making a change. He started Mike Miller that game, which kind of opened the floor for Bosch to move to that five position. Now Bosch has more room to operate. You know, he goes out and has 20 points. It's it's weird that this dude has 20 points in the finals. And we're not talking about him because LeBron had 33. Dwayne Wade had 32. So Chris Bosch's little 20 seems like nothing, but it was big for him to, you know, put Tim Duncan make him play defensive because we know Tim is a great defender, but sometimes if you go at a defender who's also a a good offense, but it can kind of wear them down. And with Bosh on the scene now, being able to go at Tim Duncan, make some moves, knock down some shots, it created a a lot of pressure on the Spurs' defense. And so now offensively, you know, you look at them, 109 points, the most they've scored so far in this series. So it was, it was, it worked out great for the for the Heat. And I think you had to create a sponsor for re- recognizing that. Hey, I need to get Bosch involved, putting in a shooter to spread the floor.
4: And you know, to you to that point, you know, maybe another adjustment that you know that that I kind of saw trending through over the course of the series. Ray Allen plays the most minutes that he's played so far, you know, throughout the series with thirty, you know, just over thirty three. You know, he contributes fourteen points off the bench. And while the numbers don't jump off the page, can you speak to what his? It's crazy that we're just kind of now, you know, talking about Ray Allen. Can you speak to what you know his presence, you know, you're being a bona fide weapon. You know what that does to a team like Miami.
5: Well, you think about it. Ray Allen is one of the greatest three point shooters that ever played his game. And with your presence on the floor, it's going to put the fear in a lot of defenders because you're not going to take three steps away from that guy. So the paint is going to open up a little more. So you're going to be closer to Ray Allen than you will defensive. Your schemes is changing when you want to get a foot in the paint. So now you out there making sure Ray Allen doesn't get those easy and wide open threes, but he still had 14 points. And, and, and for me, sometimes just being a, a fear factor, is enough to change up a defensive scheme. Live to play another day, you know, game five is uh, gonna be a big one. We have to do it again. That's a three, man. We got an opportunity to take a
6: command lead on Sunday and we gotta, we gotta be ready for it. So it's an opportunity that we need to cherish. All right,
4: Rob, let's wrap it up here. As you mentioned, this series has been fantastic, but in part two, I cannot wait. We've got one of the greatest shots in finals history.